All right, hi everyone, and welcome to the Ritual HQ podcast. This is episode number 48 uh, with myself, Lockie, today. And joining me, I've got two Ritual HQ powerlifters, Erin and Michelle. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us. So I just wanted to, I guess, catch up with you guys and get to know a little bit of your story around powerlifting. Um, Obviously, um, you've both been doing it for about a couple of years now. Um, Obviously, you have your own lives going on um, outside of the gym. Um, So I just wanted to know how how the training works for you guys, what powerlifting means to you and what you enjoy about it. Um, so Michelle, if I can just start with you, if you just want to tell me a little bit about how long you've been powerlifting for, um, what you enjoy about it and, uh, what you've got planned this year. Yeah. So I started powerlifting back in June, 2020 when the gyms all reopened and it was, um, Civil Raw originally was just a goal to get me back in a training habit again. Um, when everything reopened, I went, well, if I've got something to work towards, I will show up at the gym. And that's literally how I started. (laughs) Um, But since then, like I, you know, when I went into it all, I figured, well, if I don't like it, I can tick that box off and walk away. And, um, you know, it's something that I really enjoy. I actually love the sport. Um, I finally found my thing in my my early 40s that I was good at and enjoyed um, and that I can keep working on progressively and keep chipping away at it. Um, whilst it's it's an individual sport, you're surrounded by this whole group of people that just are always there to cheer you on. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And Erin, if I think back, you started lifting roughly mm. the same time, didn't you? Yeah, I think like properly lifting around like October. Actually, yeah, no, June. It was just July. after we came back from yeah. the lockdown, wasn't yes, it? Yes, I yeah. moved back over to this side of town in August. So, yeah, yeah around August 2020. And um, I think you had convinced me that I should do a competition. And then, like, four weeks later, I tore some ligaments in my ankle playing netball. <laughs> Um, it's actually a miracle you've done two times already. <laughs> I signed up to do yeah Buster Nut in May, and uh, yeah, I started powerlifting. I think well, I started training with you just to simply rehab my shoulder mm. because I had bursitis in both my shoulders from triathlon swimming. Yeah, um, and then I just you slowly chipped away and kept adding. <laughs> weights and i'm a very goal-oriented person so having like a weight to work towards was really helpful to me um and uh fortunately i managed to rehab my ankle quite quickly and do busting up and like i think i was well and truly addicted by then i agree with what you were saying around like it's an individual sport but you have this really great community that like even when you think you're going to fail they believe in you and keep you going so yeah I just got addicted and now it's like it's an abusive relationship (laughs) (laughs) I can't leave if I wanted to (laughs) it's really interesting that I think you were both sort of in the gym doing your own thing and and doing other forms of exercise for a while there Um, Michelle what were you doing before you started to get into the lifting Um, I was just largely running um, and doing a bit of like the classes and the strength training at the gym, but no, nowhere near the lifting space. And um, my husband loves to remind me when I first joined Ritual, there was a mums who lift group 
you know, group that still runs, that Chantal runs, and I saw them, I came home, and I said to my husband, oh, my God, I would so never, ever do that in my life. Um, there's no way that I would get into lifting and mums who lift, and it's just not who I am. Yeah. And here I am. Here you um, are. Here I are. <laughs> yes, here I am, um, you know, down the track a little bit, um, you know, with that confidence built up. And, you know, but I used to be a runner, largely, mm. And what do you think triggered the, the change in mindset for you? I think for me, I've, I find it a really empowering sport personally for me. Um, I've got a lot going on outside the gym. Yep. And I think for me, the, the physical strength training has been a great reminder when I find myself in the really challenging spots, just how strong I am. Mm. Um, that I just can kind of, I draw on that. It's quite interesting. Like I do draw on that day to day yep. um, in, you know, in what I've got going on, so. Yeah, well, and, and you know, even though it's strength training, it's not just physical strength training oh, as no. well. It <laughs> takes a, a lot of mental strength as well to get through it. So yeah. it is, you know, it is really transferable to other aspects of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Erin, you also used to do a fair bit of cardio, yes. etc., and still do. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like you said, we're rehabbing your shoulder when you first came to the gym, mm. um, and you were—that was off the back of the triathlon. Yeah. Do you remember a certain point where you, I guess, got sucked in to, <laughs> to lifting heavy stuff and and maybe starting to prioritize that a little yeah. more? Yeah. Yeah. I um. I had been quite comfortable with like squatting as a concept because about nine years ago I ruptured my ACL and um, my physio said before you can run again you have to be able to squat your own body weight and that was like a key thing for me was like well I need to run again I needed to get back to running and hiking and playing netball um, and so I was like okay let's do this thing and um, I slowly like learned how to squat um, but yeah, I think uh, a moment when it sort of changed, I think, um, when I realized that I actually was a fairly strong person naturally, and I just needed to put that into the right channel. Um, it's also like a really good endorphin high, <laughs> like, and I think maybe, I don't know if you're the same, I find it lasts longer than like a runner's high. Um, and so I think I just got addicted to that feeling um and it also makes you feel like a badass like especially as a woman in the gym like i think you know some gyms i used to go to commercial gyms and i would like be petrified to go into like the weights area more not because of anything anyone else was doing in the weights room but more my like own thought process whereas rituals are very safe place um, and also like working with a coach, they're just still like, we'll just go do it. Like there was no like, well, you're a woman, so you might need to do this. It's like, no, just go and pick up the weight. Um, maybe that's just you yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that sort of, uh, I found really like empowering and like something that I wanted to keep bringing into my life mm. every day. I think, I mean, just, in general, the fact that I guess Chantel's very front and center in the gym um, as a strong female role model who, who does lift weights. I don't think there's ever been that no. perception in the gym that, that women are less than or can't do mm. heavy strength training. And um, there's no like, um, the men that are in the gym 
are not there like being like can you get off the bench because like I want to use it it's very much just like hey can I work in with you and you're like oh yeah you need to put about 70 kilos more on <laughs> yeah. my bench but yeah you can work in <laughs> but, but we're on the same level yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there's none of that like um that culture that negative culture yeah, yeah. no that's really cool and Michelle you, you touched on it a little bit earlier that it, it does impact you out outside of the gym as well can you sort of speak to a little bit more how that's helped you outside of the gym? Yeah, absolutely. And um, really, for me, um, I have some mental health challenges. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, due to my service in the Air Force, um, I experienced post-traumatic stress disorder. And that has been um, quite prevalent unfortunately for me in the past little while because I've had to go through some um, some you know reworking a few things um, and so really for me the gym's been an escape mm. um, I can channel whatever I'm feeling into the bar um, and so it's it the skills transfer both ways in terms of well I can well I can lift heavy shit <laughs> so you know if I can if I can step up to a bar and put a hundred kilos on my back then I'm pretty sure I can get through this yeah um, and likewise sometimes like I've I've come into the gym and it's just like right we just got to lift something heavy today yeah and despite what's going on in my world I can still have those moments those senses of accomplishment. Mm that you know when you are down in the hole in a squat and you've got a massive weight on your back you're just like well, i'm just gonna stand up like yeah. all i have to do is stand up <laughs> sounds so simple i just have to stand up um but you know for me it's it's not only that transference it it's having that safe space mm. um that i can come to to train um where there's always friendly faces and like i said to tyler because i have had COVID and i have been in lockdown um, you know, I did a virtual training session on Saturday and I said to Tyler, when I first stepped back into the gym on Monday night, I said, I needed that connection mm. more than I needed the training session. Yeah. Um, so being walked around the gym on the iPad and people coming in and waving or having a <laughs> chat while I'm, I'm at home recovering from COVID was just something else. And my husband even said to me, you yeah, know, we've been in ISO. It's been, you know, it was really tough on me. Um, you know, not just with the physical illness, but the men, the mental and emotional side of it as well. And he's like, you, "This is the the brightest I've seen you." Mm. Um, so that sense of connection um, and community that we actually have going in our gym yeah. is is just something else. And it's what's kept me coming back. It's mm. what's kept me comping um, because I find the comp environment very very hard yeah it, it, i will touch on that with you in a sec because <laughs> yeah, i yeah. know it i know it's a big thing but do you think that that's something that was i guess missing from your life prior to finding it or do you feel like it's replaced something else that was giving you that fulfillment i i think it filled a gap for me yeah um very much so I used to run, I've done half marathons, um, but there's something about staying your ground and lifting something heavy yeah. um, that running just didn't give me. And I even tried running again. I went, you know, I went back, I started getting back into running again and it just wasn't, it didn't feel right. Mm. And so then I joined the gym because I knew I wanted to do something. I needed to do something um, physical for my mental health. Um, and then, 
you know, we had the ISO and virtual PT and all of that sort of stuff and then came back and just that's when I started lifting and that's where I really started to notice the difference for me. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And Erin, do you, I guess, recognise differences in in Erin post-lifting versus pre-lifting? Or is it more just, I guess, swapping one thing for another yeah i mean i definitely don't well i don't play netball anymore (laughs) (laughs) the risk of injury was too high um but i probably should have stopped playing netball a long time ago for (laughs) the health of my joints um i yeah it's definitely replaced a lot of my other like outlets but it complements a lot of the things i do a lot of hiking um and i think lifting has made me a better hiker Mm. um and I actually think hiking has helped me with lifting as well because I have like quite a good endurance. Definitely. Um, and Definitely. from hiking um, and a very strong mental endurance as well from hiking. And I think that's definitely needed when you lift. Um, but I think just piggybacking on what you were saying is the um, lifting and the sense of community. I think I wouldn't be into it as much if it wasn't for like the community that's built around it. I remember my first comp, I think I messaged you like the day before being like, I hate you so much. Like, <laughs> I cannot believe you made me do this. One of a thousand <laughs> of the same messages that I've got. And like, because I walked in to like do the weigh in and I like looked around at everyone and they all looked so intimidating and not like me. And I was like, what <laughs> am I doing? And then on the day, which was the following day, everyone was so supportive of one another. I couldn't believe that every single person cheered for you as you lifted um you know the people standing in the line with you was cheering for you to get the bar up and stuff like that which I just was like that's amazing um and then being in a lifting group like it's just especially the women like supporting each other and just like being like you can get this you know um that in itself to me is way more supportive than any netball team um (laughs) um, and yeah you know running and swimming which I used to do a lot of was very solo and so you only had yourself whereas like the community really pushes you um and pushes you to get pbs and pushes you when you think you're not going to actually be able to lift the bar um yeah so I think that is what it provides for me Yeah, yeah that's awesome and let's have a chat about comp day and comp environment because it is something that I guess comes up a lot when you're talking to people about you know potentially starting lifting or you know taking their lifting to the next level and doing a comp um i know you guys have very different experiences with comp day um and obviously the first time you turned up for for weigh-in it was quite intimidating but how do you find the comp day process um as a whole now um well i will say yeah like the process between like the first comp and my second comp were like completely different like i felt like going into civil rule which was my second i changed my mindset a lot and that changed how i viewed the day um i just sort of was like you know what you've done your training you've done the stuff it will be what it will be um and i had such a fun day like i had so much fun And I could see there are other people around me who were so nervous that it was like making them unwell and or making them miss calls and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so I would, for me, getting out of my own head helped a hell of a lot and trusting your coach to do what they 
you just got to do what they tell you to. Shout out to Aaron's coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure hear, I'm sure he'll hear this. Hey, she's done well. She's learned it by her second con. Yeah. Hey. Oh, I mean, you know, capo in three weeks or however, two weeks? Two I don't weeks. Ah. Um, You know, I'm sure I'll have a mental breakdown between then. <laughs> You'll have to remind Just the one? Me. Yeah, just one. Yeah, just okay, one. Cool. Um, I had one last week. I'm fine this week, so I've mm. at least got one more in me. Yeah. <laughs> But obviously, as you said before, you're a results-driven person. Yes. So do you sort of get some enjoyment out of comp day and putting yourself on the line like that? Yeah. I think we've been joking the last couple of weeks at training, like, how good's pre-comp when you're just, like, hitting really big weights and you're just doing one yeah. lift and you're like, this is awesome. That's <laughs> <laughs> what everyone wants. Yeah, call. it's like, oh, you know, I just can we do this every week? Just yeah. keep hitting the PBs. <laughs> No. Um, uh, yes, I'm very goal oriented. And um, so, you know, going into comp day with those goals in mind can actually sometimes be a bit harmful to my mindset. And I think that was the difference between the first comp and the second is I was so goal oriented in the first one that I didn't actually see the achievement. Like I was so set on a 60 kilo bench and I didn't even get, you know, I got 55 and I felt disappointed and Mm. I missed my last squat and I was so disappointed. Um, I didn't see how awesome my actual results were. Um, And I know, and so when I flipped my mindset a little bit, when we went into civil and I remember after my second bench, you said to me, do you want to try and go for 60 kilos? And I was like, actually my back's really sore. Like, I, I've got deadlifts, you know, I can't. Mm. And we, so I didn't, but I didn't experience that disappointment. I yeah. was like, oh, I still did awesome. That was such, like, a, such a huge growth moment for you. <laughs> I know, I'm And, and like, so, so early on, I was very impressed. Um, yeah, whereas like, yeah, literally six months ago, I would have been like, you're a failure, even though, you know, because I didn't hit that goal that I'd set for myself. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's just like balancing the, drive that a goal gives you and like also that uh, understanding your body yeah yeah and and michelle i know that comp day is is very different for you and i know that it's it's not a particularly pleasant experience per se um we don't have to dive into all the details Mm -hmm. but um give us a brief understanding of what comp day feels like for you but why you keep coming back um, so comp day for me, uh, yeah, anxiety <laughs> times a thousand. Yeah. Um, it, it's probably a little bit more deep seated than that. It's not as simple as taking a few deep breaths mm. and off you go. Yes. Um, I look forward to the day I can <laughs> walk into a comp and go, sweet. <laughs> that is a goal. It's very much a goal of mine. It's still a distant goal, but you know. It's good to have that as a goal, to go to a comp and have fun. Um, For me, the environment itself is is very challenging and it actually triggers my PTSD. So I actually have to actively manage, Mm -hmm. um, actively manage that on top of comp. Um, And so that that actually takes a lot of energy to to do that. And I've got lots of strategies that I use and everything else. Um, and so for me, it's really like the last comp I did was a bench only comp. Um, and it's, you know, having a fantastic coach and having a fantastic 
team of coaches and community around you makes a big difference. So we went down um, the day before weigh-in so I could have a look at the environment first um, because it was the first time I'd comped outside of ritual, yep. uh, a ritual building. And so to go down and do that and come up with my own strategies around that um, was really helpful. And so to have someone that's willing to go out of their way and say, hey, how about I make a phone call and see if we can go down and you can check it out first. Yep. Um, completely yeah. changed on the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, shout and out to Tyler for, for being to... that person. <laughs> yes, Tyler, Tyler really does go above and beyond. And, um, you know, and having that coach that's willing to take that time, like, um, between doing Civil Raw and then Infinity um, last year, like I did a lot of, so how can I do this differently? Mm. What strategies can I put into place? Because I kind of went into the environment, like my first comp really blind mm. yeah. is the best way to describe it. Um, and was, you know, pretty much having panic attacks at weigh-in, um, let alone the next day. And I had to be pulled out of my second squat. Mm-hmm. And so I was already trying to manage stuff and just go, this is just lifting, you know? And I got pulled out of my second squat and that's where everything started to actually go downhill for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just missed my third squat um, and that's when I finally could let go a bit. Um, and it, it wasn't fun and it was the community that really brought me back mm-hmm. in, in that moment, um, in that space. And somehow I managed to get my shit together to bench <laughs> and finish off the day. Like yeah. I was so close to, you know, trying to, you know, walking out the door by the fact it was streamed and my three boys were at home <laughs> and my husband watching and my friends were watching. I'm like, I'm just going to keep showing up. And, and I guess I've got this doggedness about me of I'm not going to let my PTSD win. Yeah. Um, and that's what keeps me coming back. That's the bit that keeps me coming back that, you know, means that I'll work through, okay, so what is it about that that may have been the issue? How can, is there a way we can work with it? Um, and, you know, with things like the back spotter on squats, unless I'm going to die under the bar, don't touch her. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just leave her. Yeah. Um, and, and so just, you know, working out some of those things and then putting all these other tools and strategies I have into practice um, just time and time and time again. And, you know, as I said, the hope is that one day a comp's going to be a, a safe hell, place. That's a safe, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, but I'm really outside my comfort zone this year um, with comps. So whilst Capo's at um, EH and that's a familiar environment for me, you know, I've got a goal to try to get to nationals and that's completely mm. outside and we're going to leave the her raw one just where it is because yeah. that's, you know, <laughs> for terrifying. me that is terrifying. Yeah. Um, and there will be some people that go, oh, you know, you just, no, it's not just anxiety for yeah. me. Yeah. It's yeah. It's the unfamiliar environment, the unfamiliar people. There's a lot that I have to contend with. But I think it's super cool because it sort of double layers the achievement for mm. you. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not it just does. the physical success, but it's no. the mental success of showing up and, and performing under pressure. Yeah. Um, which is hard enough for a normal person. Mm. Sorry, yep. normal person. <laughs> someone who doesn't, who, who doesn't deal with, with, yeah, with like, those sort normal? of... normal? <laughs> well, it's not you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but, but someone who doesn't have to contend with those issues as well. So yeah. I think for anyone that does know what you go through, I know it's incredibly inspiring, um, which is one of the reasons we love having you as part of the team. <laughs> um, but obviously, you know, you've got a whole life outside of the gym as well. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that when you started lifting, you did it as a goal just to keep you in the gym. Mm -hmm. um, obviously now you're, you're much more consistent. How, how, does, how does Michelle's week look? Obviously dealing with work, life, young boys, um, and then fitting in training. And this is not to mention when you're in COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you deal with a really busy life um, and then staying consistent with your training as well? Um, a shitload of planning. Yep. <laughs> That's about the only way. I look at my week um and i work out what i've got on and i go from there so um you know i'm, I'm a full-time doctoral researcher so i map all my week out i've got my training session that i have and then i look at you know my boys do ytb at the gym on wednesday afternoons i do a training session there i'm often also then helping my seven-year-old with his homework because i get him to do his homework at the gym at the same time <laughs> Um, so it's, it's finding the opportunities and like even this week with kids at home and, and other meetings and everything, it was down in the gym on Monday night. Yeah. Um, and it is really looking at my week and now that I need to be on, like campus is reopened again, it'll be, I'll be down there early in the morning, I'll be in on a weekend, but it's, it is, it's all about going, okay, so on this day I'm training this, on this day I'm training that, I prep my meals. Yeah. I plan <laughs> that's there and I actually physically put it in my weekly diary yeah. so I diarize the times that I'm training in my calendar do you have days when you don't want to train oh hell yeah <laughs> how do you deal with those I show up because yeah. I have such small windows of opportunity that if I don't it's even harder to get to the gym not you know not just like physical time wise but also mentally mm. like if you procrastinate on it it just gets harder and harder and harder yeah. like there, there will always be days that there are hard training sessions there will always be days where my mental health makes me want to curl up in a ball and I will still rock up because I just trust the fact that I will feel better for it mm. in doing it than I do before I go and and from someone who who comes from you know that mental health background that's the same thing it's basing turning up on the knowledge mm. that you'll feel better not the feeling <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's the it's the i guess the unemotional side if you sit down and look at it in black and white you know that that session's going to make you feel better even if you don't feel like doing it yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> And Erin, how, how about you? Like, how do you work your weeks around training? And yeah. I know yours isn't probably as, I guess, rigid as Michelle's because no. yours <laughs> changes a little bit week yeah. to week. Yeah. But, but how do you sort of go about planning your weeks and your training sessions? Yeah, I also schedule. Um, and then it makes it easier for those days where I don't want to go. It's like a meeting at work that I don't particularly want to go to. It's in the diary, so I have to go. Um, uh and I also, for me, I just try and make it a priority. And I know when I first got into lifting, I actually struggled a lot to prioritize it because mm -hmm. I was trying to do the same things that I used to do, such as classes, run, 
Um, I used to run three times a week. I used to swim. I'd go for a hike every weekend. (laughs) And my body wasn't actually recovering. And so I think one of my challenges for training is actually allowing rest. I'm not very good at (laughs) that. If I'm not training at the gym, I will try and find something else to do, um, which is sometimes not the best. No, look, no one's perfect. <laughs> I, I don't recommend running before a deadlift session. Right? I've actually never done that. So, no, um, no, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of another client. Yeah, that yeah. was someone else. Um, uh, no, but I just, I, you know, have a background in events planning, so I just treat it like that. I just schedule everything. Um, and I think now my friends also know that, like, oh, it's Monday night, Erin will be in the gym. Yeah. It's Wednesday night, she'll be at the gym. We'll call her after 7.30. Perfect, perfect. I'm glad the word's getting out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't have... My main thing to contend with is work, and um, I'm quite heavily involved in extra events that happen outside of work, and so it's just really trying to fit it in there. And when the world return, like we're returning to work in the next couple, like as into the office in the next couple of weeks, and that's going to be a challenge for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've actually, outside of powerlifting, worked really, really hard in like boundaries with work and like um, what my identity is outside of who I am at work. So mm. that's just something that's slotting in. There. And I know there's mm. a few interesting conversations at work about your yeah. powerlifting. <laughs> powerlifting, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, people at work uh, often say they could never imagine me powerlifting because I'm too happy. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've, they've never been to the gym. No, <laughs> they've never seen me at the gym. Um, and uh, they have, some of my male colleagues have tried to take heavy boxes off me. And I have to be like, guys, I can actually probably lift more than you. So <laughs> it's fine. I can carry this. <laughs> awesome. One of the things that I want to talk to you guys about is is obviously when people look at something like powerlifting and, and probably look at you guys now, um, they don't necessarily see the journey and they don't realise to a certain extent that everyone starts in it in the same spot. Do you guys get the same feeling from powerlifting now that you did when you when you first started or not just powerlifting but, but lifting heavy weights? I mean, I think a lot of people think that you have to get to a certain stage to be able to, to reap the benefits. Um, Michelle, do you remember when you first started lifting weights? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, like, I, I look back now and I can see just how far I've come. But I guess since infinity last year, I've had a couple of injuries that I've had to contend with, which meant that I couldn't put a bar on my back for almost six months. Mm. And so getting right back to basics again, even at the end of last year, when I finally got the okay to go and squat, I was just like, had to, you know, manage my own expectations around, yeah, I know what my one rep max is. But it's okay to be where I am again. Yeah. And seeing the progress go quicker mm. than the first time around. I think when you're a newbie lifter, there's lots of gains really quickly. And now I'm starting to get into the there's lots of work yeah. to chip away at the gains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I pulled some magic on my bench um, going into infinity and I hit 55 kilos. I've not benched that since. Um, <laughs> due to injury and a torn rotator cuff and a few other bits and pieces. But it's really interesting because when you can manage those expectations, 
heading 52 and a half in a bench only comp, I was ecstatic. Mm. I missed 54 kilos and, that was so and I didn't give a crap. <laughs> and and sh- that, shameless plug, that was a national record. And that was a national <laughs> record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, because the goal with that, it was it tore my rotator cuff five weeks prior and my, and managed to make it onto the platform. I'm like, if I press this bar, I'll be stoked. Yeah. Oh, cool. That was a record. Awesome. And I broke it twice more. And, you know, in those moments you come to appreciate the journey to get to where you are at that point in time. Mm. And the journey's not linear. Yeah. I think prepping for my first comp, it was pretty linear. You added the weight, but now becoming a far more seasoned lifter, <laughs> it's not. It's forward and backwards and you have a love-hate relationship with at least one of your lifts at different times. It just doesn't mm, progress. Yeah. And so you hope you can glow up somewhere else <laughs> to make up for the fact that, you know, in going into infinity, my deadlifts hadn't, hadn't budged. Yeah. Um, and that's okay because that's part of the journey and... Mm. It's, it's where that you, you shift out of those gains, 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 yeah. gains to grind, grind, grind. Yeah. Awesome. Hang on. That's becoming easier. And you get that perspective that it's not always all about the numbers. No. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, and particularly as we've all alluded to, it's, you know, the mental health, it's the feeling, it's, you know, it's the other stuff that you get out of strength training, not just powerlifting, but lifting something heavy that, mm-hmm. that has such a big impact. And I think it's one of the things that is really important to be communicated to people thinking about getting into lifting who look at numbers on a board and, and find it really intimidating. You know, I, want, I want to be on that board though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so do I, but I kind of... <laughs> You should have your own board. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep on saying there needs to be like a bodyweight bench yeah. board because yeah. I'm getting close. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, you know, and I've had to learn, and, and this is something really important, I think, for new lifters, like with the mm. top 10 boards, it's easy to look at those and go, oh, my God, they're, they're huge numbers. I'm never going to get there. But it's all about your own journey, and it's all relative to you where you are at in your journey and where you start and you know for me to land on that board is probably not actually going to happen um but let me ask you this now that you uh have been lifting for a while and understand the process do you see how it could be possible to get there whereas once you may have felt like it was impossible these were such huge numbers yeah and, and look, I, I still look at those and I keep it relative myself, to mm. myself. And when I say it's unlikely that I'm going to land on the board is because I've got to be squatting or deadlifting more than two times my body yeah. weight to get there. <laughs> and one of my plans this year is to actually release a, a list from the gym of how people have totaled based on their body weight. Yeah. Um, because, you know, with the top 10 boards, it, it is a reflection of, you know, gross weight. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't give any perspective on body weight. So yeah. that is one thing that I want to highlight this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's one thing that I've made peace with as well, mm. just to go, you know, the, those numbers I find really inspiring because, you know, there is a little bit of a, oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe. And then you see, you have a comp and you see the numbers go up again and you go, <laughs> damn it. <Yeah. laughs> um, but that, but at the same time, I'm internally cheering for every single person that makes it onto the board and just go, you know what? I know how hard you train as well. And mm. you so deserve that. Um, you know, and so my goals are my goals. 
and they're a relative, you know, I want to hit 300 club this year. Now that's going to be big when I yeah. get there. Yeah. Um, and, and that's relative for me and my journey. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And Aaron, I know that obviously you started squatting a long time ago when you yeah. did your ACL, but things like in particular bench press, um, <laughs> when we first started, lift. <laughs> was, was really foreign and, yeah. and difficult and uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Do you remember the feeling when you, let's say, pressed 40 kilos yeah. for the first time? Is it the same feeling when you press 60 kilos this week? No, I felt way more stoked. <laughs> <laughs> when you pressed 40? No, to 60. 60. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, yeah, the bench is definitely the um, lift that like has eluded me always. Um, and I guess I've had persistent uh, neck and shoulder injuries. You know, I have a broken collarbone on one side. I've had bursitis in both my shoulders. I have constant neck spasms. Um, so... I am proud of myself to just keep showing up and benching and mm. just like keep doing it and rehabbing. And um, I have made peace a little bit with the bench <laughs> <laughs> only because I hit 60 kilos this week. So I'm in a good, I'm in a good um, headspace about it. But um, I do agree with what you were saying, Michelle, about how um, at the start, when you start powerlifting, you just like are constantly making these gains. And, you know, I can remember... Um, before I joined Ritual, my top deadlift was 90 kilos and I just thought I was an absolute gangster when I did that. And then um, <laughs> I hit that quite quickly uh, when I started training properly. But now I'm like at 130 is my one RM. And right now I'm like, could I even pick up 130 kilos right now? Two weeks out from comp? I don't think so. I think I can. But, you know, like my head's like... <laughs> I don't feel like I'm making those same gains. And when I go, oh, well, maybe I'll hit 132.5 and I go, oh, I mean, 2.5 kilos. That's so lame, you know, but it's, it's so you've got to get comfortable with the fact that the gains happen a lot differently. Mm -hmm. um, and when I look at my technique uh, and what I've learned, it's a completely different ball game. It's a completely different lift from me lifting that 90 kilos. And then now um, I'm a lot better lifter. You yeah. Know? So and you start to realize the impact that your technique has on, on your ability. To yeah. Lift heavy things the heavy, well. the heavier you get, the more you realize how much that technique plays into it. And so sometimes if you, watch people on social media lift something really really heavy i can't help but be like no <laughs> did you do it properly <laughs> like no <laughs> um but uh yeah i agree with you it's like you don't get that um it's more of a grind to show up to training because you're not getting that like constant validation of growth yeah um and you know it was the same when i used to run i would try and beat my one kilometer pace constantly um and you can't do it every single time you can't do it every time yeah. uh so yeah i think that's a really big thing as a bit more experienced i'm doing air quotes because i don't think <laughs> i'm very experienced power lifter versus when i first started out mm. yeah cool yeah. uh well we'll wrap it up guys because i know that you've both got places to be <laughs> but if i can just ask you guys one question before we finish um if there's people listening to this that are thinking about you know, investing in some strength training or, or looking at 
doing some powerlifting with a coach, what one piece of advice would you give them? Michelle, I'll start with you. Give it a go. Like, just just step into it really open-minded and give it a go. Yeah. And then once you've done that, make up your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also say, like, leave your inner monologue and your learnt uh what you think you know about your own strength and also powerlifting in general and who is a powerlifter leave that behind and just come in with an open mind and your own goals um because i think people you know there's a lot to be said for how or certainly in my generation we were always thought told to do cardio to be skinny and that was what your goal was um and i certainly bought into that um but powerlifting has done more for my you know body composition than cardio ever did so leave those uh preconceived notions at the door awesome thanks a lot for joining me today guys really appreciate you taking the time and, and opening up a little bit thank you that's right thank you <laughs>